Okay, well, welcome. Um, I'm Levi Sanders. And I'm Hunter Harrison. And this is the Average Joe Theology Show. Episode two. What up? Here we are. So today we're going to be talking about what is the gospel. Um, And and a little bit about what it is not, but mostly we just want to define the gospel and talk a little bit about that. So, um, Hunter, how about you just give us a basic, you know, why is the gospel important? Okay. And what is it? So... Like we've like we've said here, the reason the reason we kind of want to start the the really the meat of this podcast with this is because this is foundational to literally everything that we believe uh, and the reason why we believe it. Uh, so the gospel essentially is that Jesus Christ, being fully man and fully God, came to Earth. Uh, he lived a perfect and sinless life, and then he was crucified on on the cross. And I, I have this uh, quote from R.C. Sproul that says, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? That only happened once, and he volunteered. Shout out to R.C. Sproul, man. Rest in peace. Um, so he's crucified on the cross, and then he died, was buried, and he was raised on the third day and is now sitting at the right hand of God. Um, and basically this is something that this, this whole thing that I just said is exactly what the gospel is. And when a person hears the gospel and God softens their hearts, they become they become a new creation. Um, do you have anything to add to that? Well, I think it's important to talk about, when we talk about the gospel and what it is, why is it needed? Mm. So to start off, right, we're all created in the image of God, mm-hmm. but we have um, forsaken him. We've mm-hmm. disobeyed rebelled. God. We've rebelled against him, um, lived to our own selfish desires, and... Um, because of that, we needed a savior. Mm-hmm. We we were separated from God because of the sins we committed. Um, therefore, we needed a savior, and God sent Jesus to be that. And that's what the gospel is: is that we're sinners and we have no way back to God um, mm-hmm. through our own doing. But because God sent His Son so graciously, then we have the opportunity to be in relation with Him and right. um, be in relationship with with others through Him. So I think I just think it's important to talk about why the gospel's needed as well as what the gospel is. I think that's the the starting point. Mm-hmm. Um is that we're sinners and we need a savior. Absolutely. Um do you want to go ahead and dive into the scripture? Yeah. Ephesians 2. Yeah, so, so we oh, well, go ahead. So basically we want to we want to talk about these things, but we also want to apply the the scripture from where we draw these things from because we can just sit here and talk about things all day long, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything if we're not showing you the the proof where where we're drawing this from. Yeah. Um, so we've got we have several places that we that we kind of want to pull from that we felt like is a great picture uh, in scripture as far as what what the gospel is. And for me personally, is a great tool to be able to use uh, to speak to people about it because sometimes I may not necessarily have the words, but I know that scripture has the words. Um, so the first passage that we've selected is Ephesians two verses 1 through 10, which essentially just lays it all out from beginning to end here. So, so, and that's a perfect segue from what we just talked about, too, because I think what's so um, rich about Ephesians 2 is how um, how clearly it defines our need for a Savior. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Because mm-hmm. I think the gospel, I think it's important, too, to say that the word gospel simply means good news. So it's the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But w- we don't know that we need the good news unless we know the bad news. Right. The gospel starts with bad news. Right. And that's how it starts in Ephesians 2. So we're going to read through this passage. It's Ephesians 2, 1 through um, 8, 9. 1 through uh-huh. 9. No, 1 through 10. Okay. And then um, we'll talk about it a little bit. So yeah. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised, 
and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ, so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in, Je- in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, so let's just tear down that, that first section, right? So before the, but God, Mm -hmm. which occurs in, in verse four. So Mm -hmm. let's start with the bad news that we were talking about. Why we need a savior. Let's start there. So it says you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world and the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the mm-hmm. passions of our flesh, and we were all, by nature, children of wrath. So, I think I think these first three verses really point out the fact that, like, true salvation, truly following Christ, is not going to occur until you kill pride. Because you're you're saying here. Here they're saying you were dead in trespasses and sins. Oh well, who who are you to say that I'm I'm bad? What yeah. Do you, what do you mean? I do good things. I don't I don't need this Jesus guy. What are you talking about? So that's that's the biggest obstacle is being able to to essentially die to ourselves. And the biggest obstacle is that. by far to say I need a savior. Right. Absolutely. That I am sinful. Right. Because we're we're self righteous. And I and and I know you say kill pride, and I understand what you're mm-hmm. saying, but. As a Christian, we're never going to completely kill pride. Sure, sure. Pride, yeah. pride is um, runs throughout all Beat of sin, up, and, and sin, <laughs> sin persists even right. after we're regenerated. But the the reality is, like you say, I mean, until you mm-hmm. realize that I'm broken, mm-hmm. I need a savior, I am a sinner, and I have pushed God away mm-hmm. and created this large mm-hmm. i mean chasm between me and him absolutely that there can't be a relationship then you're not going to have a desire mm-hmm. to recognize the but god right and like with our last episode you know i was talking about like my personal testimony is that that was that was when i had that shift yeah was when i realized how far away i was from god and that there was absolutely no way that i'm going to get anywhere close to that without christ yeah i recognize that exactly. i am broken and that I'm I'm nothing without Jesus Christ. Well, I think too, it's like in our culture, um, in America today, you know, you think of like the American dream or mm-hmm. or what's what's um pushed, right? Just like when you get down, when you realize that something's broken, mm-hmm. fix it. Sure. Fix it. Pull yourself up by right. your bootstraps yep. and get it done. Mm-hmm. Right. But the reality is you realize I'm broken and I need a savior mm-hmm. and there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Not not apart from Christ. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing I can do about mm-hmm. it. Christ has to do it. Mm-hmm. God has to do it. And that's because we like, can't do it. Yeah. And like you said, that's, I mean, that's American society. Yeah. Just, it's that, honestly, that's how it's kind of always been. It's always yeah. been you, 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 you. You do it. Right. Not go to Christ and have him do it for yeah. you because he's the only one that can do it. Yeah. Well, I think our culture in general is very, um, I don't even know the, the the correct term, but like, um, we're very self, individualistic. So, yeah, it's individualistic, all... or it pushes self sufficiency. Yeah, you are right. self sufficient. Mm-hmm. You do it yourself. Sure. If you if you work hard enough, you can accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, the Scripture teaches complete reliance, mm-hmm. not self sufficiency at all. Right. The complete right. opposite. Um. So. Complete reliance on God, mm-hmm. that is, not on a right. ver- variety and, of other things. And some but. people may say, like, well, there's there's people who don't believe in Jesus who are doing good things. Well, that's that's God's grace shown in their life, even though they reject him and they reject Christ. That His grace is still working yeah. in their life. It's, it's grace simply the fact that we even exist. Because mm-hmm. God, God did not have to create any of this. So that alone is grace, um, and I honestly I kind of forgot where I was going with that point. <laughs> um, but the fact that they, apart from Christ, can still do good is showing that 
God's grace is still evident. They just have yet to see their brokenness and turn turn all of that over to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about the bad news. Yes. Right? So we're all by nature children of wrath. Yeah. We are born sinful creatures that are are mm-hmm. prideful, um, selfish, dead. arrogant, and we're dead spiritually mm-hmm. um, because we're just sinful. Right. And we, we push God away. There's no... Um, we naturally hate God, Thanks, hate everything Eve. to do with him, and and desire sin because mm-hmm. we're following the passions of our flesh and we're right. following the prince of the power of the air. Exactly. Um, so, verse four. Verse four. That's the, where that's where the, the good switch. news kicks in, right? It switches the, from the bad news, which is right. required for the gospel. I've always thought, you know, because in America, you get and and we could talk about this more when we talk about what the gospel isn't. Sure. But I feel like the gospel has always been that it's just strictly like just Jesus loves you, and mm-hmm. that's just that's it. Jesus loves Absolutely. you. Absolutely. But the reality is, the gospel starts with the bad news. Mm-hmm. It's a requirement to realize yep. I'm broken, I'm sinful, I've pushed God away, and there's no right. there's no way I can fix. God this. loves you, but He hates your sin. Is that fair yeah. to say? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> you gave me a look like it wasn't. Wait, why do you disagree with that? Well, I think um, (laughs) this this where it gets a little bit controversial. (laughs) But um, I mean, God, in a sense, does love everyone. Sure, but God's love is by by no (laughs) means unconditional. Hmm. Uh, Well, uh, a portion of His love. Okay. So God, like I say, in a sense, God loves everyone, mm-hmm. but his redeeming love mm-hmm. is only on sure. those that would come to faith. Sure. So, I agree to that. But, but yeah, your statement is fair. That, that, right. like yeah, I say, that loves, gets a little controversial and a little bit, yeah. a little bit, um, into the <laughs> deep end. But as you say, um, yes, there is a, a sense in which God, God loves, mm-hmm. um, a person and hates their sin. Absolutely. Like I could say, God loves you, right? But hates the sin that you still struggle right. with every day. Yep. Um. So I think that's fair. But, um, like I said, I don't want to get into too much <laughs> of that. But, but here's the here's where the good news kicks in. So in verse four it says, "But God." So let's just stop there. Okay. Okay. So we start with the bad news. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. I've pushed God away. Right. I hate God. We're horrible. We're evil. But God. So I think that's the primary, right? God is the primary agent. Yes. In the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's nothing right. that we do. Absolutely not. It's nothing. God. So God works. Even though we're this horrible, broken people that can't have a relationship with him. Right. He he works if to bring us into relationship. Fast forward just a little bit. We'll we'll come back, but like what he's saying. Verse 8 says, for by, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the yeah, gift of God. Exactly. So, so God works. Agent. There's nothing we can do about it. But God, is, as it says, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, mm-hmm. even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Right. So I think back about um, one, of the, one of my favorite things to, to look at in Scripture is like... Um, in the very beginning of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Like you look right as soon as the fall happens mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter three, as soon as it happens, you see God walk into the garden. Mm-hmm. And what I think it's chapter three, is it chapter two, chapter three. I think it's chapter three. You might be right. Um, the fall happens and you see, yeah, let's check that out just to make sure we're citing our, uh, yeah. scripture correctly. But, um, as soon as the fall happens, as soon as sin enters the world and human hu- humanity pushes God away, you see God walk into the garden. It is chapter three. Verse he eight, he eight. comes looking for Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever thought about that? Honestly, no. Not not in the way that I know that you're about to take it. The Honestly, fact that I have not. the fact that as soon as they sinned. Mm-hmm. And 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 all of creation rebelled, fell into the fall. Yeah, it wasn't just that mankind right. did right. No. All of creation was distorted. Mm-hmm. 
and fell into a fallen state, mm-hmm. a wicked state. And, um, but what God, God didn't say, well, you know what? They've just Forget ruined it. all of my creation. Right. It's just over, mm-hmm. which he easily could have done. Yep. The first thing he did was come walking into the garden, looking for Adam and Eve, looking and, and already knowing how he was going to reestablish a mm-hmm. way for them to come back to right. him. Yeah. To reestablish a way for mankind to be back in relationship with mm-hmm. him through Christ. Yep. From the first I always thought that was book, so cool. From the but first God, the being rich in mercy because of his great love with us, raised us up um, even when we were dead in our trespasses and made us alive in Christ. So by grace you've been saved. He throws that in there, and then he continues to go and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so no one can boast. So we can't say, look at how I've... Mm-hmm earn this right. favor from God because there's no way we can earn favor right. from God. This, this the only thing we can boast in us, is what God right. has done. It's clearly telling us that there again there's nothing that that we're doing that has has alerted God to oh I I should probably sprinkle some grace in their life. They're doing pretty good. Yeah. That's not that's not how he works. No. It's absolutely not based on us at all, which is because why if, it's so if that's amazing. how it worked, he never would have sprinkled that grace in the first place. Because right. it says we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Right. We're by nature children of wrath, and we're carrying out the desires of our body, but God still does this right. stuff. So obviously he couldn't have done it as a result because we didn't do anything but hate him. Yeah, yeah, and rebel yeah. against our gracious and merciful creator. So the gospel is salvation for sinful people mm-hmm. by grace, Through faith. which is what? What's grace? Um, undeserved undeserved we'll gift. Say that. a yeah. gift that is undeserved, undeserved. gift yes thank so you. by grace we didn't deserve it god gave it to us yeah. through faith in christ alone yes <laughs> to the glory of god alone yes boom so <laughs> um that's the first passage of scripture do yes. you want to hop to the next section sure, so the ahead. next passage we've got um is found in first corinthians yep. which is a letter by paul um, and so, which Ephesians is also a letter by Paul. Yes. So, um, well, inspired be, by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Written down <laughs> by Paul. Written by his hand. <laughs> um, so for the ones we kind of, we kind of talked about how we wanted to, um, try to figure out what passages of scripture that we wanted to use in order to best essentially put on a picture of the gospel because, I mean, you can, it's the whole book of the Bible, but some of the other passages are a little bit more nuanced. Um, so we tried to pick ones that were, you know, a little bit easier to just be like, oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly what that's saying. Um, so I I found 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 3 and 4, and then based on this reading, I'm going to jump to another one, which I'll get to in a moment. So 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 3 through 4 says, For I have delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. This is Paul talking. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And so when Paul is talking about Scriptures, that's safe to say he's talking about the Old Testament, yeah? Um, yeah, at that time because right, cause that's what they had. He's writing this letter to the Corinthians, and we're, re- we're reading it after the fact because we have the New Testament. But here, yeah, there, all they was had no, was the Old Testament. there was no New Testament. Christ only had the Old Testament at the time. Um, so... So I, I want to point out the he's he's the he's saying the word scriptures and that means and this is a, an example that I've used many times uh, to point to Christ and again he's throughout the entire book especially the Old Testament you just have to dig just a little bit deeper sometimes sometimes you don't have to dig as deep because I don't know how anybody could read this and not say yes that's talking about Jesus Christ where it says uh, this is in Isaiah fifty three. Uh, I'm starting in verse 4 where it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. 
Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. And keep in mind, this this passage of Scripture was written, what, 700 years, I believe, prior to when Christ was walking the earth. I don't remember A the very long date, time. Yeah. I want to say it was 700. That's, that may be incorrect, but the point is that it was a very long time before he got here. Um, and these verses very, very... Uh, I think very clearly lay out like what we've been talking about with what is the gospel, but not only that, it points to who who it's talking about, and that is Jesus Christ. That's the that's the thing to take away from here. Um, and I think it points out too. I mean, we we talk about what the gospel is and the fact that it, it's Christ crucified. Yes, but Isaiah fifty three clearly. Um, defines why he was crucified. Mm-hmm. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Yeah. So there, you, there you see where the bad news and the good right. news bridge together. That bad news always has to come first. That that we are sinful. We have broken um, our relationship with God through sin. Mm-hmm. But because Christ was crucified in our place for our iniquities, for our sin, then we have the opportunity to be covered in his blood and and be reconciled to God and brought back in relation with God. So, do you want to do you want to go through the Romans road? We talked about it. Uh, uh yeah, you can. Go ahead and just go for it. Cuz this this is another place uh in scripture that really goes through the whole thing. Gives you the bad news, then gives you the good news. Um and it's called the Romans road because it kind of it goes on like a road. It gets you go further down the path. So Romans three verse ten says, "As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one." So here's the bad news: no one is righteous. Verse the second portion of the Romans road says uh, three in verse or chapter three verse twenty three says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." More bad news. We are we are not even close. Everyone. Everyone, right? Yes, for all meaning. All of humanity, not just not just this guy, not just him, everybody. Then the next portion here is uh, I'm not sure you're facing this. Chapter way. six. Let me do this right here. That's yeah, better. there you go. Chapter six. The, pe- the people verse, gotta hear right, you. I know it's probably gonna sound quiet there. <laughs> uh, chapter six, verse twenty-three says, "For the wages of sin is death." So these these horrible things that we're doing, the reason that we are separated from God, those wages, it's death. But the free gift free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then, I mean, you got to think, let's pause there just a second. So okay. we were talking about how it's by grace mm-hmm. that it's given as a gift that we don't deserve. It's nothing sure. of works. That's right. what, what it said in Ephesians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like how Romans puts it because not only does it say, um, you know, you have sin and you didn't earn this salvation, mm-hmm. but, but what, what of our sin? It says the wages of our sin mm. is death. Death now, mm-hmm. death eternally, yep. right? Uh, wh- that's our wage. That's what we've earned. Right. That's what we deserve. Through our sin. That's what we deserve. Right. Through our rebellion and yeah. disobedience. So I think that's important that's, just to highlight. That's some That's some pretty bad news there, folks. Uh, then we have the fourth verse for the Romans road, which is uh, Romans 5, 8, says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that despite all that, despite all that bad news we just threw on you, he has still sent his son into the world so that we would be reconciled to him. The next portion here, uh, Romans 10, uh, 9 and 10, says, Because if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And then the last verse in 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's go back to that 10, 9 and 10. Okay. Let's talk about that one. Okay. So read it again. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So I I just love to um, point out the two different 
emphasis there, right? So mm-hmm. you've got, if you confess with your mouth mm-hmm. and you believe in your heart, because yeah. because the belief in one's heart is how you're justified. Absolutely. And confessing it mm-hmm. is, is how you're saved. Right. To confess to God, hey, I'm a sinner. I these, need a savior. Right. I, I, I give my life to you. Yeah, these but things have to coexist. They have to coexist. So I think, um, you know, as we talk about what the gospel is mm-hmm. in, in, in our culture today, um, a lot of people think that you just believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. He's great. You just believe that he's real. I love him. You believe that he really sacrificed mm-hmm. himself. But the, the reality is that does not save you. No. Because the demons and Satan himself mm-hmm. believe that Jesus was, a re- was right. who he says he is. Right. They believe that Jesus died on a cross mm-hmm. and that he rose on the third day right. and ascended. The demons believe that, but that does not save them. So if your heart is not aligned with your mouth, yeah, it's not no, a simple just there's belief. No salvation there. It's a it's a sacrifice, mm-hmm. a a true a belief so much that you repent of your sins and and as our pastor likes to say, um, you you change your whole mindset. Mm-hmm. You change you become a new creation. Yeah, you you change yourself. Right. You repent of your sin and change your mindset to obey God mm-hmm. to give your life to Him. Right. And, um, I, I mean, I just think that's important because a lot of people say, say, you know, you, be, you believe in Jesus and that's mm-hmm. it, but that doesn't save you. A simple, just intellectual belief mm-hmm. is not going to save you. Right. It's, it's the obedience that comes with it. Mm-hmm. It's the change that comes with it and the repentance that comes with it. Um, that, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Is that, is that clear enough, or do you have yeah. anything to add no, there? Yeah, I don't I don't really have anything to add. Um, I was going to say maybe we could take a quick commercial break here, and then maybe we could come back and talk about maybe some of what being a new creation kind of looks like and how that your desires kind of shift. And yeah. Maybe how about maybe talk a little bit about how, or at least I could, I could mention some things about how that looked in my life as far as being a heathen and no longer being a heathen. <laughs> so we okay. will take... A quick commercial break real fast, and we will be right back. Okay, well, we're <laughs> back, um, and we've, we've, uh, we've kind of laid out what the gospel is mm-hmm. and how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is saved and believe in his heart that God raised him from his dead, and you will be saved. Well, yeah. I jacked up some words in there, but okay. that's pretty much what I said. We got it. Okay, so now what does it look like when you respond to the gospel? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to start in 2 Corinthians five seventeen. So if we were to respond to the gospel, to mm-hmm. confess with our mouth that Jesus yeah. is Lord, that, that he reigns over our life, we give our lives to him, mm-hmm. um, we follow in obedience and believe in our heart, truly believe that a convictional belief, mm-hmm. right? A belief that causes us to be obedient, not a right. belief that's just superficial. Right. Um, then we will be saved. Mm-hmm. And if we are saved, then Second um, Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come." Mm-hmm. So we we talked in Ephesians about how we we are spiritually dead mm-hmm. in the trespasses and sins in right. which we once walked. Um, but God made us alive with Christ. Mm-hmm. So he has caused in us a spiritual life mm-hmm. to come, right? So we are then reborn mm-hmm. um, as as Christians, or as we like to say, regenerated, right? <laughs> to um, to be a new creation, yeah. to change our mindset, mm-hmm. to not no longer be enslaved to our sin, but to... Um, be burdened for our sin and mm-hmm. to desire right. the things that that God desires for mm-hmm. us. So um, that's just where I want to start. And Hunter, I know you got some some scripture pulled up to to continue on that topic. Yeah, and it, this kind of goes this perfectly segues from what he just said about the change in desire. Where Colossians three, uh, I'm gonna read verse one and two, and then I'm gonna jump down to I think I'm gonna jump down to verse nine. 
So where it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Then verse 9 says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And like we've kind of said, both of these passages of Scripture are essentially just laying out like this is this is where the change is happening. Yeah. Your your desires are changing. You you don't want to do the same things that you were doing before. You may still struggle with certain things. I mean that's that happens for everybody. Um, but for the for the most part, you're you're going to have a change in certain some things are probably at least for me in my experience. There were some things that I immediately just had an aversion to. I was like, okay, yeah. I don't I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and then there were some things that. You know, I probably still fall into. I still fall into. Not probably, I do. Um, and so, like, for example, for me, uh, my music taste, for the most part, some of it is still a little, not not all the way there, but there were a lot of things. I used to, ha- I used to have a hip-hop podcast, and now that genre of music, unless they are, like, Shylin and talking about, you know, theology and praising the Lord, yeah. I have really no desire to to really listen to that there are some things that i'll still listen to just because i used to be such a big fan of the genre and i I check in every once in a while but honestly i start listening to it and then i get like two songs in on an album i'm like why am i even doing this nothing about this is glorifying i like i feel almost dirty just listening to it because it's like this is not this is not giving me what i need this is not spiritually fulfilling me and i used to I used to give Monica so much crap because she would say that to me all the time, and I was like, "Nothing, nothing that I watch or listen to really changes me. Like, I, I can be, you know, a Christian and I can feel these things, and it's not going to affect me. But it does. It really it does. does. It 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 skews your perspective when it's literally anything other than Christ, Scripture, anything. It's gonna it's gonna start to skew things. You may not see it, you know, initially, but eventually it's gonna start to break down yeah. what this what this has put in you. Um, and so, and that's not to say that lit, that you um, can't watch or right. listen to anything. Right. Because if, if we were to say, um, and some people do, and, and mm-hmm. honestly, that's probably the best way to go to say, well, you can't listen or do anything mm-hmm. that's not glorifying to God. Right. Through every, as a Christian, we should strive to glorify God in everything. Absolutely. 100%. But if we were to say, and and I don't want to say a but on we should glorify God with right. everything. That is one hundred percent fact. Mm-hmm. Um, today, if you were to say, you know, you can't listen or watch anything that is not strictly Christian, mm-hmm. then you would be you just don't watch on TV an island. anymore. You'd be on you don't, an island. You don't watch TV. You definitely don't watch Netflix. You don't do anything. Yeah. You don't don't listen to music. Don't don't ever turn on the radio. Yeah, I mean, well, and like to be honest, I mean, you say you used to listen to a lot of hip hop music. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, at one time, I did too, but mm-hmm. but as you say now, I just it's it's almost that repulsive. You don't really want to there. listen to it. Yeah. yeah, and and when you do, you feel a certain kind of way about it. It's kind of yeah. like mm, it's not this very enjoyable. Sit right. But I still listen to a lot of country music, <laughs> <laughs> and and a lot of country music is honestly not yeah. that much better. Right. Um. But you know, <laughs> so. Maybe God's still working on me there to, sure. to help to give me that. Some yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that's important to talk about the desire mm-hmm. because you say you know, put to death what is earthly in you, mm-hmm. and and as you said, you know, you're still going to struggle with sin. Absolutely. All Christians still struggle with sin, mm-hmm. and I think you know you hear a lot of people outside the church say, "Well, Christians are just hypocrites." Mm. But a lot of times, mm-hmm. and, and there's a sense that some Christians are 100% yeah, hypocritical. Absolutely. But I think they say that because Christians are often saying, you need to turn from your sin, repent, and come to God. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in their mind, they don't understand that sin still persists. Right. That Christians right. still sin. Yeah. So when they see a Christian say, you need to repent and turn from your sin mm-hmm. and come into relationship with God, and then they see that Christian sin, they say, well, oh, well he's just a hypocrite. Right. Yeah, there's nothing to... But that's the gospel. Right. That that even when we come right. to Christ and we are regenerated, we are born again, we're a new creation, mm-hmm. we still struggle with sin. Still struggle. We'll yeah. never be made pure. No. Um. 
sorry, John Wesley, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's biblical. Um, And, you know, sexual, or it says, put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and Mm -hmm. covetousness, which is idolatry. Because these things are not glorifying to God. They're, 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 on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, these are things that are disobedient, that yes. reject God, that push mm-hmm. him away and say, you know, I want what I think is right. Mm-hmm. It's the oldest sin in the book, right? Satan goes into the garden and says, eat this apple. Even though God eat. told you you shouldn't, you can just be God. Eat the apple. Right. Do whatever you want to really do. God really say not yeah. to eat Do that. whatever you want to do. But the reality is that we still struggle with sin. The difference should be how it affects us. Absolutely. We should feel guilty of our sin. Right. We should want to continually mm-hmm. seek what God wants for us. And mm-hmm. as as it says in Colossians, put to death that sin. Yeah. Which I also want to focus on because me and you have both talked about there's been certain sins that we've struggled with. Mm-hmm. And then we say, I want to put to death this sin because it bothers me. Yeah. And then you try to do it. Mm-hmm. And you fail. Yeah. And you fall into the <laughs> sin again. Yep. I, I mean, I've done multiple it. Multiple times. I've done it multiple times. You say, you know, God, I know you hate this sin, so I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. And then three days later, you do it again. Boom. Right? So to say, the cool thing about Scripture and the cool thing about the relationship we have and, and how God works in us is that we can put to death the sin that's in us through the power of God. Right. So just how we can't, fix our broken sinfulness to begin with mm-hmm. we can't fix it now either right it's only through um prayer and and meditation on the mm-hmm. word and and uh, praying Focusing that god would empower us above. yeah praying that god would would give us his spirit and would empower us to put to death mm-hmm. the sin right. because we're not going to be able to do it on our own absolutely um that still remains mm-hmm. Whoa. your microphone fell Your microphone just just went to the floor here. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think I'm back. So I think an important thing, and we can just kind of segue a little bit here. Um, in order for this change to take place, you have to hear a true gospel. So Correct. Which is Ephesians 2. Yeah. Or the Roman road. Exactly. You have to hear the truth of what Scripture has given us, um, because otherwise you're, you're a, a false convert. Yeah. Essentially. And as Hunter said too earlier, um, or as you said, I, I want to focus on the fact that the gospel is literally r- running through all of Scripture, yes. the whole Bible. From beginning to end. It tells the story of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But as you said, we've just picked out these passages today because they um, quickly summarize yes. they the make majority of it. a little bit easier. Yeah. So um, all of Scripture is telling the story of God's redemption arc, God's yes. um, interaction with, mm-hmm. with mankind and in the gospel. Yep. So as you say, you got to hear the true gospel, the right. scriptural gospel, mm-hmm. that you are a sinner. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. But God has graciously worked yep. through his son, Jesus Christ, that, he, that Jesus Christ was killed for our sin, that we may now, c- through his blood, Mm-hmm. Come back into relationship with God. Yes, in our place, He was killed. He was, he was murdered. Killed, yeah, in our place. In our place. Um, and the reason that we point out the the true gospel, or at least we use those words, is because that there are a lot of false gospels running Sadly. rampant in in today's society. I mean, there there has always, always been, been false gospels. Yeah. I mean, there's countless uh, examples in Scripture alone that you know very clearly are false gospels false teachers um and we kind of wanted to highlight a little a little bit of that because we've we're talking about uh and, and i just want to point out too scripture there's no false teaching in scripture right but yeah, there I, are yeah. times where like in in paul's letters right. he addresses pointing out other other people that are false teachers yes yeah. he's saying this is what you need to be avoiding yes and this is what the truth is yeah or right. paul warns like the corinthians yes. say about following a false gospel yes Right. Um, but all of Scripture is true. I just we're want not, to make sure that was heretics. clarified. I know that's what you meant. but <laughs> Or I'm not a heretic, I guess. Um, 
But we kind of we kind of wanted to talk about a few of those false gospels just to hopefully to arm people with you know yeah. the knowledge to see okay that I, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound correct and I brought two that I feel like are very prevalent which is a gospel of works and then the prosperity gospel and I don't know if if you have anything you want to add but I just want to kind of preface or not necessarily preface but start off with the the gospel of works because um, I feel like that's a pretty a pretty big a popular false gospel, um, and we were, like we were talking about with Ephesians two, um, we have where it says, let's see here, uh, verse eight says, "For by grace you have been saved through faith." That's like that's we're gonna harp on that a lot, uh, and this this is not your own doing; it is the gift of God. Verse nine, not a result of works. Huh, there it is, so that no one may boast. So. Essentially, this this can take a lot of forms, at least from what I've seen, and some of what some of honestly, I was educated a little bit on this uh, from American Gospel, which is a, a documentary film on currently on Netflix of all places. Great um, film, yeah, absolutely, absolutely great film. Uh, that really gives you the the gospel kind of in a similar way we're doing, and then really is it's also highlighting a lot of the false gospels, yeah, and it does a really great job. Um, but it says. You know that it can take a lot of forms, and this is essentially when you add anything uh, to the requirements of salvation other than faith in Christ alone. So, like, there are some people who say that, you know, baptism—if you're not baptized, you're not saved. That's unbiblical. Yeah. If you if you have to add anything that is brought by man to what Christ has done, it's a fa- it's a false gospel. There's no work that we're doing in our salvation. The scripture that we've talked about today outlines that. There's nothing that we've done yeah. in order to, to gain that. Everything that we do is in response Absolutely. to what Christ has done. And to, to piggyback on that, it makes the root, and this is how the documentary said it. This is not my own. I didn't create this. But it says that it a salvation of works, it makes the root of salvation works. But where scripture clearly teaches that faith is the root of salvation and that works are the fruit exactly of it exactly and so it's important to to be able to kind of see that like if it's not if it's not faith in Christ alone it's not it's not true there's nothing that else ain't it. adding exactly there's nothing that we're doing else other than that that gives us salvation yeah um, is there anything you want to add to that one that one's well, kind I mean, of I think, cut and dry I feel like yeah but I just want to highlight that that has been a massive massive influential teaching mm-hmm. throughout all of Christian history. Yep. There has been a a group of people that taught that there was works that had to be there mm-hmm. for salvation. Yeah. There's a pretty big group that teaches it today. Oh, <laughs> well I mean like as I say all through all through the I mean you look at um some of the early Jewish converts mm-hmm. and Paul is still addressing that right. no, the law has nothing to do with your salvation. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to dismiss that. Right. Right? Because it's been fulfilled. It's in faith alone. In faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. Absolutely. That's it, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, as you say, there's humongous influential groups today that still teach mm-hmm. that. Um, and and that's a false gospel. Yep. So another false gospel that we want to go into was the prosperity gospel. Prosperity which, gospel. Um, is another dun, dun, dun. very influential gospel very. today. I would, False gospel. I would probably say more influential than gospel of works. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just maybe I just I see know. it more that maybe that's just what I what I feel is the case. So it here's may not the thing. Here's the thing. A gospel but. of works, right? So I mean, we can go ahead and say that historically, a gospel of works was taught by Catholicism. Yep, still is, still is, and and many other groups too. Um, mm-hmm. Mormonism. Yep. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yep. Many groups teach right. a gospel of works. They do not believe in faith alone. alone in Christ alone. Correct. Period. But so worldwide. Mm-hmm. Right. Salvation by works, false teaching, is yep. worldwide. Mm-hmm. The prosperity gospel mm-hmm. never really got started until uh, in America. Right. This is really where it started. Now it's being exported largely to places mm-hmm. like Africa and yeah. places like that. But the issue is it doesn't really work the same. 
They have mm-hmm. to adapt it because the prosperity gospel is rooted in the American dream mm-hmm. in what we were talking about before. Right. In that, in self-sufficiency and how God helps you achieve what you want to achieve. Right. Right. It's is rooted it in a the gospel or the American culture. Mm-hmm. American do it yourself, pull yourself up by your bootstraps right. and fulfill your American dream is the perfect breeding ground for prosperity. Sure. gospel. That's where it started. Right. And the interesting thing is, you know, and, and I mean, we going to go ahead and say some popular Gotta call them out. Here, popular people. prosperity teachers yep. would be Joe Osteen. Yep. Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer. T.D. Jakes. Kenneth Copeland. Yep. A lot of them, right? There's, There's tons lot. of them. We we can give you um, a whole list. The Trinity Trinity Broadcasting Network, TBN channel. Yep. Pretty much, that's it. A lot so, of false teaching going um, on. The reality is that although a lot of their stuff may be str- sprinkled in with God or sprinkled mm-hmm. in with Jesus or right. or anything like that, their actual fundamental teachings didn't come from Scripture. Right. <clears throat> and in fact, they didn't even come from Christian tradition at all. They came from what's called the uh, the New Age movement, or the mm-hmm. they they came from this idea that what you manifest in your mind, that mm-hmm. your mind is so powerful that what you think can can manifest itself, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and a lot of prosperity teachers now, uh, there's also like a version of them that are called Word of Faith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That because they manifest this thing in their mind, or because they say it, right, that it's going to become gonna a reality. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not is, anything from scripture or right. Christian tradition. Right. That's completely out of a mm-hmm. pagan practice. Yep. That just they sprinkled totally, into totally unbiblical. To, that they just sprinkled little biblical stuff in there, mm-hmm. adapted it, and have made billions of dollars. Yeah. Right. But at the at the root of it, it's almost still a a gospel of works. Mm-hmm. Because. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I see where you're going with this. Because it's 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 almost that you have to do these things for God to help you in your prosperity, right? Or you have to have this certain amount of faith, donate this money for right. God to have. Absolutely. That's the that's the biggest danger of the prosperity mm-hmm. gospel is that it sets you up for failure. Yeah. When you say if you have enough faith, God will rid you of your of your cancer right now, right? Right now, today. And then, if you have enough faith, God will give you that multi-million dollar mansion that you want. Right. And then when it doesn't happen, I don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith. And then that just What's destroys wrong with you? you entirely. What's wrong with you? Exactly. But when you realize that you can do nothing, mm-hmm. that even the faith that you have is given to you by mm-hmm. God. Right. That that the free gift by God's graciousness you have relationship with him mm-hmm. through Christ Jesus. And that's it. Right. He doesn't promise you prosperity. Nope. And, and that's exactly what the prosperity gospel teaches, is that we are saved in order to be rich, happy, healthy, and wealthy. Yeah. And that's not that's not the case. And Levi and, and I were talking about before we started yeah. recording that uh, Acts chapter 7 uh, is about Stephen, who, who exactly is Stephen? Well, he's the he's first martyr. First martyr, that's right. Um, I I got up at 4 a.m., y'all, to go to work, so you'll just have to excuse me. Um, but in chapter 7, if I can ever get there, he I would argue that he would say that we were not uh, meant to be healthy and wealthy because he gets up uh, and he, he gives his speech about, about God, about Jesus. He goes on and on. And then right about... Uh, 54, the heading in my Bible says the stoning of Stephen. Yeah. Which I don't know if anybody knows how biblical stoning worked, but typically it's not like little pebbles that you can pick up in one no. hand and throw 60 Big miles an hour boulders. like a fastball. Yeah. No, you get they get on like this, this higher elevated area, and you're down here, and they're throwing boulders yep. down on top of you until you die. You're crushed to death Stephen by rocks. Stephen died for his faith. Yep. He was not healthy, wealthy, nope. prosperous. Not at all. That's a false teaching. Stephen would be God very did angry not, with Joel Osteen. We are not saved because to to inherit these blessings. Now, do not get me wrong. Blessings that come from God are a good thing. Absolutely. If you have a nice house for your Glory to God. four children to live in, yeah. and, and you have the children there, you have the, a job that, that allows you to 
um, successfully raised them. Mm-hmm. To Live God be the glory. Absolutely. But that's the thing. To God be the glory. Right. Um, and, and that is not what he promised us. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, I wanted to turn to First Peter. This is what I brought mm-hmm. up in, the, in our conversation, yeah. right? It says, First uh, Peter 2, 21 says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. We are called to suffer for mm-hmm. our call, to suffer for Christ as he yeah. suffered for us. <clears throat> and that may come in many different ways, and mm-hmm. that may be simply that, um, you know, you feel out of place in your job, or sure. that may be to the extent that you are called yeah. to obediently go overseas and and lose your life for yeah. Or, or even where you live and mm-hmm. grow up, that you may lose your life for your faith in mm-hmm. in Christ. So I think, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. You got anything else to add about the prosperity gospel? Uh, no, but I'll I'll leave you with this, and this is the last note that I had in my notes, and that kind of goes off, goes along with what we've talked about this whole episode, and then also talks about what we just talked about with the prosperity gospel. That we are here on this earth to spread the gospel and to glorify God. Amen. That's our job. <laughs> That's it, our man. job. That's all we got. Yep. So, so with that, um, that's pretty much it this week. So, <clears throat> I wanted to mention every Saturday as these episodes are uploaded, um, we're also going to upload a a post, almost like a blog post that coincides with mm-hmm. the topic we're talking about. So this week we talked about what is a gospel. Mm-hmm. And I hope we gave you a clear definition of what the biblical gospel is and, and some of what it is. And I mm-hmm. hope that you can understand what, what we have said here. But if you want to look at this topic more um, on your own, then we're going to post on Saturday on the on our website, AverageJoeTheology.com, we're also going to post um, a series of resources that you can check out that will guide you, um, trusted sources that will guide you, whether it be articles or books that you can buy or mm-hmm. um, other things that will guide you through what the biblical gospel is and what it isn't. So um, that will be up on Saturday on AverageJoeTheology.com. So don't forget um, to, to please um, follow the show, subscribe, and, and, and we can't wait to be back with you next week. Yep. Um, to talk about a new topic. So we'll see you then. God bless you.